Welcome to Mihinte on Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. Good evening and welcome. Welcome to Mihinte on Air. And I am excited because we're in the holiday season and uh, although it's been a little rough, we're trying to keep the spirits up. And I had some wonderful tamales and some pasole. And I even made some menudo for the Christmas celebrations that we all experience. And I, I wonder who else gets that kind of food when I'm a chef and I make tamales and pasole and menudo. And it's uh, so delicious at this time. And that, that's the food that we eat usually during our Christmas celebrations. So uh, let me know on Facebook um, who has the tamales under the Christmas tree and the pozole on the stove or the menudo, whatever is your preference. I prefer pozole, actually. And um, I will give you a free meal, a petito meal from the Union Civica Mexicana if you hit me up on Facebook and tell me what you had, what your uh, culinary uh, menu was for the Christmas holiday. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, patitos as well, because our first guest today uh, is going to have a fundraiser where they're going to be making patitos, of all things. And I'm going to help them out. And we're talking today to a young man who has started a boxing gym in our area called Gideon's, Gideon's Boxing Club in Old Town Saginaw. And his name is Joe Mendez. Hello, Joe. How you doing, Larry? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing great. How was your Christmas holiday? My Christmas holiday is always amazing. You know, my, my uh, grandparents actually, uh, their anniversary is on the 24th. So Christmas for me has always been about family. We always get together, have a celebration, so... Uh, it's always a good time. And is there always good food? It's always amazing food, man. That's part of being Hispanic. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. So tell me, Joe Mendez. First of all, your parents. What's your what were you, what was your father's name? Because I know he's deceased now, and uh, your right. mother's name, so people in the audience can uh, know the family uh, that we're talking about. All right, my father's name is Joe Mendez, uh, and my mother's name is Renee Mendez. My father, uh, his his mom is uh, Aldelia Mendez. She just passed away uh, last month, and uh, I have many aunts. <laughs> and of course, the, she, the most popular aunt of all. Oh, Mary Medell. Mary Medell, kind of like you know when they, when they talk about the the reindeers during Christmas time, and Rudolph <laughs> is leading yeah, the she, way. That's she's the Rudolph. <laughs> that's Mary. Kudos to Mary out there, a, t- a long time educator in the Saginaw Public School System. So tell me, Joe, what motivated you to start a boxing gym in Old Town Saginaw? My motivation has come from just my coming up as a boxer. I always felt like there was something else more that I needed, you know, and, and kudos to all the, um, the the coaches that helped bring me up, but I always felt like there, there needed to be more commitment on the coaches and I always came through and there was always a lot of boxers that were committed, young men that were committed, youth, young adults that were committed, but it always seems like it was lopsided. So I wanted to make sure that I could 
bring in that coaching staff or, or be that coaching staff to, to match the commitment that the youth or the young adults would have to make sure that we can succeed in more than just basketball in the city and more than just pushing our kids off to college. We can, we can succeed in growing our youth before we have to send them off to college, and that's what my goal is, to grow the youth, not just in boxing, but in life skills, in their thinking, their fundamentals as humans, as young men and young women. Yeah, so, you know, boxing has been a long-time favorite sport within the Hispanic community. Uh, Canelo just won his fight. And we have had a history within the community of Saginaw of uh, good boxing clubs. Um, Jack Chintaka, of course, is always mentioned when it comes to boxing. And... um, I know that uh, you were there last year at the Adelante Awards when he was given a, um, the Legacy Award, and you got up on stage there. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that experience and, and who you got up on the stage there with? All right. Yeah, that, that experience was amazing for me. So that day altogether was amazing for me because uh, one of my uh, younger boxers, he just turned pro, his name is Matthew Rodriguez, he had just had a fight, and he won his fight that day. So then me, after that, fight, me and uh, Morris Young, who went to the Olympic trials, we raced to the awards, we got dressed, and we boxed on stage, and we boxed on stage to um, help recollect that memory of Jack Tinsaka and what a what a cornerstone he was in boxing in Saginaw, and it was a great day for me because my generation's family line uh, relates back to Jack Tinsaka. Oh, how's that? So, uh, just like Mary Medell, it was we're married in Mary Medell, and that family line goes down into the Medells. Actually, when I was in California in the Marine Corps, I stayed with Juan Chintaka. He let me stay with him when we had Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's oh. awesome. I didn't know that. You know, it's um, awesome that you are doing this for the youth in the community can you tell me how many uh, you have within your boxing club? And, and, like, what are the age ranges? Don't you have, like, um, a younger set of boxers that you yes. um, have and then the older set? Of course, yep. So we offer, uh, three cl- we offer three different sections of classes. We offer kids' classes. We offer co- uh, competitive, competitive classes and women's classes. Uh, we currently have over 30 members. And youth, so anyone that's under 18, we have 12 youth, and then the rest come in, our young adults. Most of them are uh, from 18 to 26, and then we have a few outliers that are, that are above 26. Okay. And you teach them boxing um, and the skill of boxing, but you mentioned something that caught my uh, ear was the fact that you're teaching them kind of life skills. Can you... You tell me about that a little bit. One hundred percent. So that's actually the main. I wouldn't say. Well, I'm sorry. It's not the main focus, but it's one of the core strengths that I like to think that Gideon uh, is advancing in. So once a week, uh, every month, once a week, and we have a different topic every month. I have somebody come in to talk about different things like health and wellness, what we should be feeding our bodies, what's the proper way to treat ourselves, sleep things like that. And then we have uh, people coming in talking about uh, basic car skills, basic uh, house maintenance skills, things like that, life skills mm-hmm. that 
our young young adults need to learn to help advance them in life that they aren't necessarily getting at schools anymore. Right, right. And and Joe, you're um, to me, you're a youth still. Can you tell us what your age is? I'm twenty. I'm twenty three. Twenty three, and uh, started a boxing club here in the city of Saginaw. That's awesome. Why Gideon? Tell me a little bit about that. Not just the name of Gideon, but but why you chose to. Uh, reference something that is in the Bible, right? Correct. So I love when people ask me this question. Gideon first comes from in the the Bible. It's in, he's one of the twelve judges, right? And he is from the lowest tribe. He's from the lowest family, and God chooses him to lead the Israelite army against the Mennonites. And the Men- the Mennonites were this very huge army that had over twenty thousand soldiers. And Gideon was, he looked, he he was thinking, yo, why me? And God chose him, and what he did was Gideon got a bunch of guys, he got a bunch of soldiers, and he he could match the 20,000. And God said, no, I don't want you to bring that many, because if you win with that many people, you're going to get the glory. God said, I want to get the glory. And I would just want to pinpoint that God always wants the glory in everything that we do. So Gideon ends up going to war with over, with only 300 guys against the Mennonites, who are this huge overtaking army. And they end up winning, and God gets all the glory. So that's why I picked Gideon, because anybody, you know, you pick out somebody from the streets, from Saginaw, you know, we're not this big, you know, New York City. We're just a, we're, we're a small city, and people in our city may feel small. They may think themselves as small, but when God shines his light on you, which he's doing to every individual individually, when God shines his light on you, there's nothing that you cannot do. And that's how I feel is what, that's what's happening in my gym. I'm giving these guys a purpose. I feel like once a lot of times we lose our lack of importance in the youth. And that's what I'm trying to do is give them that, that show them that they are important and they have a person purpose. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, the Bible says the people without a vision perish. So when people come into my gym, I give them a vision right off the bat. In six months, we have golden gloves, and that's what we're aiming for. Wow, in six months. Que si se puede. You are organizing, along with the Union Civica Mexicana, a fundraiser coming up on January 15th, or is it the 16th? The 16th. The 16th 16th is a Saturday, yes. And you have uh, some of your boxing um, some of your boxers who are going to help in the kitchen. Correct. And and Joe, you're going to be cooking yourself. That's right. <laughs> I'm following orders, Larry. Whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'm doing. Oh, okay. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> uh, so what we're doing is we're going to have a fundraiser to raise funds for the gym because you you got a, you got a lot of expenses that uh, are required to keep up a gym like yours. And and tell us the location of your gym and what some of these fundraising dollars will go towards. No problem. Our gym is located at 220 North Hamilton Street, right in Old Town, Saginaw. Uh, For those of you that know Saginaw, it's the old comedy club or the old moose club. Um, And the fundraisers are going to help with buying boxers the equipment that they need, the the headgears, the gloves, the hand wraps, things to keep them protected while they go through their training courses. Also, to make sure that we have up-to-date equipment. You know, just a couple months ago, uh, one of our bags had came off the wall. 
and we had to repair that. You know that, and that digs a hole in in the in the fun, funding that we have for the gym. You know, so it's going to go towards things like that, emergency funds, to make sure that we can uh, fix those repairs as soon as they happen. Also, go into making sure that we have heat. We need heat in the gym. We're currently located in the basement, and although it's not gotten too cold, we're hoping that we can input a heater before those later winter months come. Now, isn't that where John Vasquez is as well with um, his gym? Correct. John Vasquez is a great friend of mine, and he's really helped us out this far. He gave us a location. He gave us a room for for almost nothing, and he's blessed us with his uh, guidance and his presence. And uh, he's a big founder of Gideon Boxing Gym. He's he's somebody that's really helped us make this possible. So we have two young Hispanic males starting businesses in the old comedy club of Saginaw down uh, in the basement area. And um, both are promoting health and wellness and uh, giving uh, kids a reason to be involved, to learn great skills, life skills. Uh, So they're not so much on the streets. Um, Not that they can be too much right now during a pandemic, but um, that's really nice to see that at 23, you have started this gym for the betterment of kids and young adults in the community. So thank you very much for that. And let's talk about how you uh, got involved in boxing initially. Okay. Well, it's a funny story, actually. My whole life, if you ask anybody that's known me, my whole life was basketball, 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 basketball. I'm a four-year basketball uh, player from Carlton High School. And when boxing first got introduced to me, it was actually my sister. She wanted her son, my nephew, to be involved in boxing. And she said, you know, will you go to the gym with him so he's not, you know, lonely? And I said, well, you know, I can a couple times a week, but I don't know for how long because basketball season's coming up. And then I went to the gym with him three times a week for maybe the first week. And then after that, he stopped showing up. And I was walking to the gym if I didn't have a ride five times a week as much as I could possibly go. And I just instantly fell in love with it. And and what gym were you going to at that point? At that time, this is another this is a crazy story. I was going to Shiloh Boxing Gym, which is actually in the same building. It was in the same building that I am currently located at. And it's just funny how life runs full circle like that. Yeah, yeah. The alignment of the universe at, ter- at right. different times in your lives. Well, the fundraiser again is going to be on January 16th at the Union Civica Mexicana. And the, the Civica cooks, myself included, are going to be helping Joe Mendez in the Gideon Boxing Club. And he's going to have some of his boxers there helping. What we ask is that uh, anybody who's buying dinners, the potito dinners, which include rice, beans, a pop, a small brownie, and a dessert, uh, that they call ahead and make their order. And it's a drive-through service only because of the pandemic. So you just drive up, you stay in your car, and uh, the young guys will uh, run them out to you. And uh, you don't even have to get out of your car. So so that, it's a nice service. But we really want to encourage anybody in the community that wants to help the Gideon Boxing Club uh, that believe in helping uh, our youth uh, to buy potatoes that day and... Um, you can call Joe's number. Joe, give them a number on air where they can call to place these orders. No problem. My number is 
989-245-2940. That's 989-245-2940. You call me, place your order, I'll make sure that we get it. And uh, let me tell you, I've been eating Larry's Petitos for a couple weeks now, and they are amazing. You are not going to be disappointed. Okay, and you have to probably work a little extra uh, in the gym every time you have a patito, correct? <laughs> That's right, just a little <laughs> bit, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, Joe, let me ask you, too, what, what is your feeling uh, as a young entrepreneur right now? Because, you know, as you have started this gym, you're starting and taking risks during the pandemic, not too many businesses are doing that. Businesses are shutting at this time. And you, you come along uh, like a Pied Piper and said, you know what, I'm going to start a, a, a boxing club. And when did you actually start? And, and how do you feel about that in this time? Well, we we are established uh, July 11th is when we were actually established. And all I can say about with the pandemic going, businesses closing is, to God be the glory, you know, God, God, this is when the times that Christians should shine is when the whole world is looking with their heads down. This is when Christians get to shine because it's not us. It's not our power that's doing it. It's the power that works within us. It is God working through us. And I can say with a hundred percent confidence that it is God working through me. I've made decisions and I've made things happen by accident that I know only God could have put that in place. Yes. And we have to be willing to do it. When God tells us to move, when God tells me to move, I know 100% that I better move when and how God tells me to move. And tell me, what uh, church are you affiliated? I mean, for 23 years old, it sounds like you have a lot of wisdom there in regard to uh, life, and it sounds like it's coming from a religious aspect. Can you tell me uh, what church you're affiliated with? I'm affiliated with the uh, Harvest Assembly of God on 17th and Perkins. Um, I believe it used to be the old Latin American of God. It's a big brick church on uh, 17th Street. Right, right. Yeah, they, they, they've been there a long time. In fact, um, now that you're saying that, my Uncle Fred Gomez and my Aunt Jane Gomez were actually the founders, um, one of the original founders back in, I think, the 40s. It might have been earlier. Um but it was a long time ago, and uh, I know that that church has been there for quite a while. And well, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's funny how we we all are connected in some way. And uh, Joe, um, I met Joe um, when he was involved in giving that homage to uh, Jacinto Chintaka at the Adelante Awards last year. And then he and his church were actually involved this. April this spring when we went into lockdown with the pandemic and uh, we were providing meals to our elderly. Um, we were cooking uh, the different uh, menudo and the mole at the kitchen. And then we would have uh, the representatives from the different churches like Joe's who would go and deliver these meals to some of their congregations. So that's how I actually got a little bit more uh, involved with Joe Mendez, and we started talking a little bit about what he was doing with Gideon Boxing Club, and I am honored to be on the board for Gideon Boxing, along with a uh, uh, pastor uh, from Harvest, Harvest Assembly, correct? 
That's correct, Pastor Jerry Flores. Amazing, an amazing man, and a, and another cornerstone in who I am and and my ability to create getting and and make it what it is today. And do you find that many of your the parents of the Gideon boxing, the boxers are are they they have to be involved? Obviously, they've got to uh, transport their uh, youth to there. And uh, do you find that they get involved with it as well? Uh, it's funny, actually. Yes, uh, they get involved a lot. A lot of times, I'll have parents they drop their kids off, and and just like any parents, they they want to watch. Can I stay and watch? And of course, you can. You can stay and watch. And after they see the excitement that that they have in their kids or that their kids have and their kids are, oh, I want to go back, I want to go back, I've actually had my the parents ask, can they join? And then I say, of course you can join. So most of my parents that are dropping their kids off, they're asking to join the classes as well because they see the excitement and it's not just a regular treadmill workout. And I think that's another reason why the gym is, is getting the the membership growth that it it is now is because everybody's sick of just walking on a treadmill and with these gyms closing it's harder to even find a treadmill to walk on so what better workout than to box hit a bag get some frustration out go home happier than you were when you left and it's just a great time i think a lot of your videos that i've seen also have a lot to do with the recruitment the great videos you're putting out on social media um, right for the Gideon Boxing Club as well because it shows uh, the different exercises and like you said not on a tre- treadmill by far. What are the the tell me a little bit about the females that are boxing there? Okay, well our uh, female actually just hired a female coach. Uh, her name is Sarah Guerra. She was trained by Jermaine Franklin, who's a heavyweight uh, professional in Saginaw. He's had uh, over 20 fights. He's, he's never lost. He's been on TV a few times. Uh, he's an amazing guy. Our girls group is amazing. I always tell the girls, and I'm no, no slash at the guys, but I always tell the girls, I wish the guys listened <laughs> as well as you guys do. You tell these girls something, how to do something, you only have to tell them once. It's, it's high-paced. And, and they love it. Our girls group seems to get along so well. They're always laughing, working hard, and it's an amazing time. Well, that's what's important, that you're having fun, you're having a good time, and you're learning uh, from professionals that uh, know the game and are you know, watching out for your health as well. So what else would you say to our listening audience, Joe, in regards to uh, the boxing club or the fundraiser, whatever you want? This is This is a few moments you got. Thank you. Uh, for those listening, I would just say that to, if if you don't believe that I'm coming from a clean heart, come check the gym out. You can pop in. You can give me a hidden uh, pop-up at any time. We're, our operating hours are Monday. We have classes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 3.30 to 8. And then on Tuesday and Thursday, we have open gym from 2 to 7. Pop in whenever you want. And this is just the purpose of this gym is it gives a vision to the individuals to excel in the art of boxing. And it teaches them the importance of, of making those short-term goals and how they develop into the bigger dream. Right, right. It's solving the, it's solving the, the lack of purpose in our community. You awesome. know, and if you, have a, if you have a kid or a nephew, a niece, anything like that, that you may feel like they feel like they're, they lack importance or purpose, send them down to the gym and, and I can tell you they're not going to feel that way any longer. 
Well, good for you, Joe Mendez. Thank you for being with us today, and thank you for what you're doing in the community. There's a, a lot of things happening in our Hispanic community in Saginaw, from all the uh, philanthropic efforts that we talked about in last week's show uh, for Christmas with Angels and uh, Operation We Care, and, and then you have Joe Mendez here, a 23-year-old young man, started a Gideon Boxing Club and is making waves in our community. So thank you so much, Joe, for being with us today, and we will look forward to that fundraiser on January 16th. Thank you, Larry. Have a good day, man. You too. Take care. And we'll be back on Mi Gente on Air. This is Mi Gente on Air on WSGW. You're listening to Be Hinte on Air on WSGW. Welcome back, Be Hinte. Thank you for being with us tonight on WSGW. And I am so grateful for the opportunity to have a radio show where we can share our culture, our concerns and our contributions as Hispanics in the Great Lakes Bay region. And our next guest for the show today is someone who is from Saginaw. She is a member of the Diaz family, which I am as well. And we have over a thousand members descended from our great-grandparents, Sonovio and Cecilia Diaz. And this individual comes from Dora and Willie Medell. She is their granddaughter. Her name is Connie. Connie, are you with us? I'm here, Larry. And where is here? I'm here in San Antonio, Texas. Um, San Antonio, SA. What's that? <laughs> yes. I'm enjoying a bright, beautiful day here. I don't know what the weather's like over there, but San Antonio is pretty awesome right now. That's great to hear. You got to come home and bring that warmth to us. The reason I have Connie on today is because our family, the Diaz family of Saginaw, is putting forth a Diaz cookbook. And it's nice to say that it's ready and it will be distributed at Christmas time because so many are waiting for this cookbook, which is produced by Mi Gente, Mi Gente Publications, with over 110 recipes of our family. And so this cookbook is going to be going out to Arizona and uh, to Washington and uh, other areas in Texas and Florida. And it's going to be going to Connie Medell in San Antonio. So are you excited, Connie? I am super excited. Um, I know it takes a lot of energy and proofreading and printing to go through all these recipes. You know, it's really difficult when um, you cook and you learn and and you don't really know how to translate a teaspoon from a pinch of this and a pinch of that. So 
I want to say, first of all, thank you for everything you've done and, and all the other cousins that have put their time into getting this to print. Yes, yes. And, I'm super and excited to see it and when, when try you say, everybody's recipes. When you say pinch, you're saying that because I know that, like with my mom and um, with some of the tias, they just say, oh, we just throw a little bit of this in there, a little bit of salt, a little bit of uh, comino, whatever, and, and there is no measurements that they go by. So I, I hear you on that, and I think this will be very helpful to our younger generations who are attempting to cook at this time in their lives, especially these family recipes. Correct. You, it, Even as I try to teach my nieces and nephews or, or my three hermanos and that, you know, I tell them, you know, pinch is the term most people use, but I like to use shake, shake, or shake, 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 and then shake, 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 shake <laughs> to get them to know. <laughs> it's a, just a different measurement because I don't know how much I even use when I cook. Yeah, yeah. And t- and tell me, Connie, who was your influence, uh, culinary expert, most influential culinary expert, I should say, in your life? Oh, well, of course my grandma, you know. I mean, there was nothing she cooked that I didn't eat. But, you know, my, my dad, being the oldest daughter, right, he would tell me, I want to eat some rice. And then he would, I would say, Dad, I don't know how to cook rice. I mean, I'm 13 years old. Why would I know how to cook rice? He would say, call your tia Van. And <laughs> or, I, would, I would like some mole. And I'm like, Dad, I don't know how to cook this. He would say, call your tia Mary. Or, you know, he would just make me call my tia. Now, remember, back when I was, 13 or 12 or 14, there was no texting. There was no uh, Facebook typing or email or things like that. So it was literally dialing a phone with a long cord in the kitchen trying to find things. So, yeah, I, I went through some things trying to get a good recipe. But you know what? My tias handed me a lot of my recipes. My grandma I know how to make tortillas because my grandma and you're right. I had to get it over the phone. There was no measurement. You know, just go in there and get a little bit of this, get a little bit of that. So this cookbook is going to be super awesome. Well, you you know, you mentioned, you mentioned mole and one of the recipes that's in there is grandma Cecilia's famous mole. And it is uh, given to us by Mary Castaneda, her granddaughter, who lived with her on 29th Street way back in, I think, the 50s. And she talked about Grandma Cecilia making mole, handmade mole, of course, on the matate and getting on her knees and grinding those corn, uh, the corn in, uh, on the matate and, and mixing the ingredients and the sesame seed, sesame seed seeds. And, uh, I mean, she did it really by hand. And this recipe is in there. So... Anybody who purchases uh, just for that recipe alone is worth it. And I want you to tell me, Connie, about your grandmother's uh, recipe that's in there, submitted by you in regard to Mexican butter. Oh, Mexican butter. Yeah, I tell you, Mexican butter is just this deliciousness, better known as chile, hot sauce, 
not a soft butt, but it was like Mexican butter, so creamy and smooth. You know, it's a it's a red sauce with a little bit of fire. You know, once you start eating it, you just can't stop. Okay. And, um, and Connie, you had mentioned um, about waking up as a young girl in your grandmother's house there on Maple Ridge in Carlton, and tell me about that experience about waking up when Grandma was making Mexican butter. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! There's a distinct that happens in your throat and the closer you got to the kitchen the stronger it got you knew grandma was roasting the chiles uh to make her mexican butter um doors would be open it could be winter time you open the doors when when grandma was making her mexican butter yeah um that's how you know it was gonna be really good (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and, you know uh for my listening audience we're talking about Mexican butter, but of course it's not even butter. But I think the reason why it was called Mexican butter was because you would put this delicious chile that my Aunt Dora would make and put it in a tortilla. And most of the times in those tortillas, they would put butter in there. But on these tortillas that we're referring to with the Mexican butter, which was actually hot chile sauce that was roasted, that's why uh, they called it Mexican butter, and that and that came from your grandpa Willie, right? Yes, yes, and he would, um, you know, grow his peppers, all his vegetables. You know, they had a, a, a little farm that they lived on over in Carlton, and he would actually grow all the vegetables that my, my grandma would use to make this chile called Mexican butter. So it, it was fresh. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, 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 and it was it's, it was the best tasting flavor ever. Oh yeah, all those fresh uh, uh, vegetables from the garden, and then roasting those chiles on that comal—that that's it. Yeah, that's such a great, great smell. Even even if you do have to uh, cough your head off in order to uh, stay in the room, but uh, it's funny. I can just imagine in my mind. Open, you guys opening the, the door and the windows because of that smell. And I know that Cousin Ana Garza in Galveston, Texas, um, they experienced the same thing with Aunt Rosie's uh, chile. They kind of made it the same way. And, and anybody who buys the cookbook will see these great recipes from our tias and our, our abuela and uh, my mother. There's just, just so many good ones in there. And... and I know, Chicani, that you have had this before from Cousin Joe, um, the chicharrones that he would make at our family golf outings. Do you remember that and how hot that was? Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, I like to taste my food, but this, the, the chicharrones you would eat just because it was so hot. It had its own flavor. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I remember sure. Cousin Art Diaz, he would eat that chicharrones, and he loved it. I mean, absolutely loved it. And then all of a sudden, as you're sitting there watching him eat this stuff, he started sweating from his brow, and, and it was that hot. <laughs> yeah. It was that hot, and everybody would uh, tease him about that because it was it was so hot. But yet he kept eating it because it was it was so flavorful. And I know that Uncle Fred would make that, the chicharrones con huevos, and, and that recipe is in there from Uncle Fred. And we have uh, calabacitas with pork chops from Tia Della. And uh, I think I think there's um, half our Mexican uh, traditional recipes, and the other half is 
uh, non-Mexican restaurants and a lot of desserts uh, and a lot of um, a lot of love, a lot of love in this Diaz cookbook. So, uh, how how many cookbooks did you order for for your Christmas gifts? Well, I actually only ordered one because pretty much my siblings ordered their own also. I mean, we got to keep it in the family, right? Right, right. So the rest of my Mandel siblings, they ordered their own cookbooks. Um, I mean, we got to keep keep our, our family secrets a secret, right? Yeah. Well, you know, that's something I wanted to talk with you about on this um radio program in 2005 the family came up with the idea of doing a a cookbook and those recipes were submitted uh in 2005 and it's taken 15 years to actually put this together in 2020 and the reason was because as we went in lockdown and the initial wave of the pandemic in april a lot of us had a lot of extra time and we we were really on lockdown where we were staying in the homes and um, not going out to the stores as much as we actually are in this second wave. So I I thought this is a perfect time. This is a perfect time to try to pull these um, recipes together and put it in a book. And I didn't know how much time it actually would take at that time. But, you know, as we went into the next month, we, we, the whole George uh, Floyd incident happened and, uh, protests started happening in the country, and I got sideswiped to different uh, events and different things happening in my life. And so it's taken a good, what, nine months to put this together. But I can tell you it's really worth it because for our family, uh, it, it's just heartfelt. Yeah, there's some great pictures in there of some of the ideas, and the theme around it was most of the pictures that I put in there, the theme was the women in aprons. So you've got old photos from the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, where these artillas are in in our grandmother, are in their aprons representing their kitchen skills. And I think it's really important that we're putting out this cookbook now because, as you said, Connie, the generations you know, 50 years from now, I hope, or even 100 years from now, that some of these Diaz cookbooks will survive and be there for the generations to come to make these delicious dinners that actually uh, some of the recipes came from Grandma Cecilia in her time in Michoacan. So they actually crossed the border with her back in 1919, and I'm uh, I'm sure she learned a lot of cooking culinary skills in America, but I can tell you that I know that she learned a lot from her mother and her sisters up in the mountains in um, Michoacan near Morelia in a town called Wandacareo. So how do you feel, Connie, as a, a great-granddaughter of Cecilia Rosales Diaz and um, the culture that is going to be handed down with this cookbook? Well, it's almost like an essential tool, right? You don't know how you're living without it until you have it. And then life becomes so much easier thereafter, right? Yeah. I know that through the years, um, I've been cooking a long time, Larry. I'm not that old, but I've had to help my family, right, my parents, um, with the chores and, and clean and help cook and feed my younger brothers and sisters 
So it's something I've always had to do. And as I um, got older and moved out, you know, I've learned some new tricks and some new traits. But they, too, have also picked up the love of cooking because they know that when you cook a meal and who you share that meal with brings you closer, whether it be great awesome friends or your family, that's the time where families really do bond. And they now, you know, they're in their early 30s and starting their own families and, and that. So it's becoming important. And it's always nice to know it's an extension of our heritage, of our lineage. This, we can honestly say we have been granted a gift from our ancestors. Yes. So it's, it's going to become a tradition. You know, once some of these traditional meals, the Mexican meals, um, as we begin to cook them, we're going to have stories to share, um, not only amongst each other, but with our children and, and great-grandchildren that, that come thereafter, you know. So I am proud that our family actually has produced this cookbook. Um, I plan on sharing it. I plan on trying as many recipes as I can. Um, I always have friends and family come in and out. You know, here in San Antonio, I'm the quote-unquote tia that everybody comes to visit and never leaves, and I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to do so. There's, there's an extension of my primos and primas children that have come and they've planted their own roots here in San Antonio. So And and I've um, come, I visit you in San Antonio coming off mm-hmm. of the Selena Fiesta de la Flor celebration in Corpus Christi and I had uh, drove to San Antonio that night and I said, Hey, I gotta call my cousin Connie. She has a place here. And it was what? Yeah. Two thirty, three thirty in the morning when we when we arrived yes. and I had exchange students with me and <laughs> you you are you are that, that contact that we all have now in San Antonio and um, we're so happy that you're there and we hope that you come visit as well and as uh, a little bit more often than what you have after this pandemic is over. But but let's talk again about the cookbook. You have gotten uh, uh, great recipes in there on pozole, tamales. There's uh, a great recipe that I give on how I make tamales. And, you know, during this Christmas season and Christmas weekend, people are still making tamales. And are you making them, Connie, out there in San Antonio? I made some last weekend. So I am a beginner tamale maker. So this year and last year, I had some help from uh, two of the Uribes women, uh, Mary and Gloria Uribes, to show me their way. I mean, I've participated. I've added spices. I've made them up. But, you know, it's kind of scary doing this by yourself. So this this recipe in the cookbook, I'm definitely going to read over and over and go through in my head what I've done, what I could do better, you know, because I want to get to the point where I can just make them. Yeah. Make them, make, make 10, 10 dozen just because. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's kind of where I've gotten. I have actually made tamales over 50 years, believe it or not. I remember way back making them with my grandfather even. And you mentioned the Yorives ladies who are making mm-hmm. tamales. I know Rachel Yorives, uh, 
Uh, that's not her married name, but that's her maiden name. Uh, and she makes them with her family here and sells them. And, and one of the things about if you know how to make tamales, especially if you uh, know how to make them like you're saying, like just off the tip of your head instead of a, you know, a mm-hmm. recipe or from, from help or from others, you will never go poor if you know how to make tamales. <laughs> and this year we actually are uh, charging $15 a dozen, which would have been unheard of. Uh, and some of the older folks are probably gasping as I say that uh, when we used to sell them for $7 a dozen. But right. now I see yeah. in California they're selling them for $20 a dozen. I'm selling them for 15 at the Union Civica Mexicana. And uh, I, what, what are the prices there in San Antonio? Well, actually, Larry, here in San Antonio, um, I, I, they're going for maybe about $12 a dozen. It, it can vary between 9 and and $12 a dozen. During Christmas season, it kind of goes up. But, you know, San Antonio, we're pretty much considered Little Mexico. That's kind of a nickname. You know, when you're around here, you'll say, oh, we're in Little Mexico. Yeah. We have some really, really great... Um, Mexican stores here and um, tamales stores that delicious tamales and deyes tamales, different places, and they're great. But, you know, people still want to know that someone made them, someone's grandma made them, you know, homemade. So, um, yeah, a a lot of families here still make them. Well, I can't wait to see uh, you make some of these recipes and put them on social media so we can see how you did. And and one of the things about the cookbook, I purposely left out pictures of how the meals should look. At first I had some um, pictures in there, but then I, ha- I had to cook the meal actually, and, and, then the, and it was just too much. But I, I think it's better that they don't see how they should look so that they're not biased as to how it should look when they attempt to make some of these recipes for the very first time. And I think that many people in our family, not only our family, um, outside of our family, should also purchase this cookbook. And I, I know that some may say, well, you know, that those are our family recipes. They should only stay in our family. But, you know, I've had some deep thought on this, and I've come to the conclusion that we should actually be sharing our culinary cultural recipes with the world because it's those great recipes that are so important today in our society, in America, when we are to be included in this diverse population. You know, we've taken these hits left and right in these last four years, but it's so important that we share our culture. And I think that's part of, you know, why I've brought this topic today on Mi Gente on Air, to be able to share and open up that door, share the the Diaz family recipes and I may get some flack on it, right, Connie? But I think that you're gonna get flack. <laughs> we, we, we as a people, we have been so blessed. And when you're blessed and you know how to uh, cook very well, you should share that. So, I, I just want to. Uh, what do you think of that, Connie? As we wrap up, that's your last question. What do What do you think of uh, sharing your culinary expertise with the the world? Well, honestly, I, I'm all for one for sharing. You know, it's, it's all about uh, improvement, right? That, that help everyone to make an improvement on their lives in anything, sharing the wealth. Um, personally, 
I think it'd be a great tool to brand our family as a whole. Um, we, our, our Diaz family, like you said, we're over a thousand uh, members strong, and we're almost to the point that we we are a brand on our own. Of course, Diaz is a is a very common name, but as a family, uh, descendants of Cecilia and Sonovio Diaz, we're a brand. Yeah. And and we're all over the world, the United States and all over the world. We're on many continents. Yes. And it just shows our unity in yes, where we does. are. And, and and some people might say it's just a cookbook. Mm, but it's our brand. It's part of our brand. Yeah, nicely said, nicely said. Well, thank you so much, Connie, for being with us from San Antonio, Texas. And thank you for uh, being a part of this great Diaz family that I have had the blessing to know and love. So thank you so much, Connie. It was an honor. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Merry Christmas weekend as well. I want to say to all my uh, listeners out there, uh, have a great, safe New Year celebration wherever you are, whatever you're doing. We're going into 2021 and let's hope it's a lot better than this 2020 we're experiencing. Muchísimas gracias. I'm Larry Rodarte with Mi Gente on air.